Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. I'm Edward Lazar and welcome to Anthropologistics, a podcast aimed to bring in thought leadership, founders, innovators, academia, and of course, anthropologists. Why anthropologistics? Everything we do must be people, environmentally and socially centric. Therefore, it makes a lot of sense to leverage the business anthropology field, apply its theories and methods to identify and solve real business problems in everyday life. We have Paul Human today with us from uh, Postag Group. Paul is the CEO of uh, Postag, and he has a few things that uh, we can discuss. And at the heart of everything will be obviously people and how Postag actually makes a difference in um, enabling the people to be more performant and um, do better. Yeah. Essentially, so over to you. Thanks for the introduction, Edward. So, uh, for those who don't know us or know me, you're also not on LinkedIn very much because I seem to spend my entire life on there at the present moment. I'm not doing that, um, so, what is post tag? Uh, simplistically, post tag gets drivers to the right front door. First time, every time. Doesn't matter if you're delivering a 12 inch pizza or a 16 inch TV, that's what we do. And how we do that is by a combination of um, address verification. You'd be amazed at how many people uh, can't put their correct address in. Um, and then using that to give an act- absolute pinpoint accurate is location. Is it because fat fingers or is it because of the channel that address needs to be you know uh, passed into the, the system that acquires the booking? Edward, if we had several hours, I could tell you all the reasons, but the, the key ones seem to be, um, you know, so take a step back. Uh, why do you have to do address verification? Okay, so if you take look at the UK as a whole, the UK has got the second best addressing system in the world. If we take a step back, we're operating in a same day environment, it's actually relevant in every single type of movement. Yeah. So you are an enabler for all those businesses yeah. out there. It is, and to answer your question about you know why you know about the addressing part of it, it, it is because people do not use the correct address. You know, yeah. When I say about address verification, I'd be amazed at the amount of people that use vanity addresses can't spell. Uh, say they live in Richmond when they live, don't live in Richmond, um, you yeah. know, and etc. Um, and also the fact that. Um, when you put an address into your computer at home yes. and then ask you to do autocomplete, if you don't put it in correct the first time round, every time you use that, the autocomplete is incorrect. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. So, um, and if you, you look at the UK as a whole, and I said, you know, we're the second best addressing system in the world. On average, 45% of all addresses are more than 50 metres away from where your satellite navigation system is. Wouldn't you expect the retailers or whoever is actually offering the service up front of the consumer to shoulder that you would to have some extent. So. You would have thought so. But so, the, yeah, so but the challenge is is that when, when the system was built, um, you know, the postcode system, it was built yeah. for the postie. Yes, right? postman. And the, and the postman doesn't usually look at the address. He knows by the name who lives at that thing. And if you actually drill into the postcodes, you know, uh, it's down to root. You know, one side is up, one side is down. This is, it doesn't really fit for today's marketplace. Yeah, this is a nice segue into a, a question I have, yeah. and that's around the local communities. Mm. So one of my um, passions is how to bring technology to the local communities, because that's another reason why I set up Anthropologistics. Yep. It's about people. This is about the logistics of people and yeah. what people do for logistics and technology. Yeah, and, and you know, if you sort of look at where we are, you know, what does that accuracy bring? So if you look at the UK as a whole with its gig economy, there apparently there's 4.7 million people that work in the gig economy. Yes. How you split that down into who does career work or what, I, I don't exactly know. But what the, the value that we bring to people in the gig economy is we actually enable them to become more efficient. We actually enable them to earn more money. And we do that by the fact that they don't have to waste time looking for an address. So if you look at that whole thing about 45% of addresses, you can break that down. And you can when you start breaking that down, you can start putting a time penalty against it. Yeah. 
So 22% um, of those are between 30 and 80 meters away from where they say they are. Right, that's a 90 second time. 19% yeah. um, are between 80 and 150, which is a three minute 40 penalty. And once you go above eight, uh, once you get above 150 meters, it's uh, eight minutes or more. And if you bring that back to um, you know, somebody out there that gets paid per drop or pays by the mile, yeah, that's a huge difference. So when we were working with um, some of the food delivery companies, you can probably guess who they are. Big names, yeah, big names. D or yeah. ends up yeah. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. much so. Or it could be the other ones that um, yeah. somebody say, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah the, the work that we've done with them is uh, we can enable their drivers to make upwards of £88 extra per week. And we do that by enabling them, by the accuracy we provide, to do an average two extra deliveries per shift. Yeah. Right, so if you start looking into it, you know, what we enable people to do is if you can't recruit more drivers, make the drives you've got more efficient. And that's yes. what we do. So there's a twofold thing there. So the number one is the drivers make more money. Yeah. The second thing is the restaurants make more money because they can actually um, go out there and deliver more products. And the aggregators make more money because they make more out there. They're cut on top. And one of the, the, the organizations we're working with, we just did a rough straw poll of the 100 riders we did a, a, a pilot with across six cities. We worked out that we could do an extra 8,000 deliveries per day by implementing our system. But all this translates essentially into being customer centric because all that stuff allows you to serve your customers, but those food delivery companies yeah. Yeah, to deliver on time so the customer is happy, warm meal and everything else. So yeah. Everybody or anybody that's ever done any food delivery, yes. and we don't just work with food delivery, so yeah. you know, um, we'll tell you that for every minute that you are late after that you said you're going to be, they've looked at their watch twice. The food will be cold and they think it is. And yeah. sometimes people are just rude because they're hungry. Just <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, don't want to come between no. me and my food. No, and, and <laughs> you know, uh, a little while back, we actually did consider going out on the bikes ourselves to yes. actually put And we were warned off by people not to go and do it. Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know. That's, that's, not that's a, a true measure of yeah. your, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. dog footing. Yeah, we, we, just we, we, experience your own services. So that's what we're going to do. But so that whole piece about, you know, if you cut right back to the bare bones, yeah. we just make drivers, riders, more efficient. If we make them more efficient, they can make more money for themselves, for the business they work with, and it increases that customer satisfaction. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's an awesome mission. Yeah. Um, I would like to know a bit more about the, the, the furnace of the birth of Postag, <laughs> if you want, and how Postag came into being, and then maybe some of the yeah. milestones to today, yeah, sure. and obviously we'll, what's how the future looks from today onwards. So our founder is a guy by the name of Keith Loon. So if you've ever met Keith, he, he's a very jolly character and always has a story. Um, and Keith's background is in advertising. So uh, he was um, strategic or strategist for various advertising agencies with some fairly big brands. Um, he was out in Australia and moved back to the UK and packed all of his worldly goods into two containers. Bought a beautiful house on the side of a golf course uh, by a lake in the deepest, darkest Essex and waited for his containers to turn up. Unfortunately, one of them didn't. Um, and that was the one that contained all the chairs, knives, forks, kettles, etc. So the end result was as he puts it, he then became Amazon or John Lewis's or whoever's biggest customer because he had to buy everything from scratch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the problem came about was because where he lives and where the delivery drivers were trying to go to was half a mile away. You mm. couldn't actually see where Keith lives from, from where they were taking him to. And he, so he lost count of the amount of times that people would ring him up and ask him, where were you? So the problem statement was starting from a, a, somebody's from. real pain. Correct. And I mean, from there to actually putting the money where your mouth is, mm. essentially, and sometimes a leap of faith in many ways. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, so that was five years ago. 
Yes. Um, and the original product we had was very similar to the What Three Words, where you, yes. know, you put your postcode into to our system, um, which creates the map. In the middle of the map, there's a pin. You drag mm -hmm. your pin to the front door, back door, garden gate, click the button, and create the post tag, which mm -hmm. was three digits that went onto your postcode. Yeah. Just shorthand for the level. Yeah. Um, I got involved with Keith about three and a half years ago. Saw what he was trying to do, but when commercially, this is never going to work. Yeah, I think this is when we first we was, met each other. Yeah, it was three, yeah. three years ago, and commercially it wasn't going to work because uh, any e-com site is not going to allow a customer who's filled their basket up to leave the site to go and create you know a locator to get the drive to them because yeah. you deliver to me all the time. Yeah, customer experience is customer absolutely experience fundamental. Yeah. It needs to be really nice and slick. Yeah. People have been trained and Correct. brainwashed by the Apple, yeah. the sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> right, if, left. If I won't got, mention all the sites yeah. that you use yeah. the sweep. Right well, yeah, left. if it's got more than four pages in your in your user manual, then you yes. fail. Yeah. Um, and people got very much used to that. So um, it was with that in mind that uh, I got involved, looked at it, and went, we need to make this so that the customer experience is completely frictionless. Yes. And that was the term that we came up with, make it a frictionless experience. So um, luckily, I, I've known been in the industry and the tech industry for many years, and brought in a guy called Stephen Kenny, who's our CTO. Yeah. Stephen and I have known each other for 20 plus years, and Stephen was Betfair's launch CTO back in 1999. So he's not, um, he's not a foolish man by any means. Um, Serial entrepreneurs, yeah. very good companies. I yeah. mean, I've yeah. set up a few, you've set up yeah. a few, we've, we've had the t-shirts already. And basically gave the task to Stephen, which is make it so that the user doesn't even know they're using Postag. And six months later, he came up with Postag version two, which is uh, the very birth of, of where we started off on the current journey. Um, you know, the, the, the initial one was quite simply put a house number or name into the system with a postcode and we would locate it. Yeah. And that was where we started off. Precisely located, I thought, is part of the USP of the platform mm. we were building um, at, on the dot. Yeah. And precision, I knew, is yeah. such a fundamental element of our journey. It's exactly right. I mean, and um, you know, part of the challenge that we faced is educating people that there is a problem. Yes. Um, you know, and the fact that they do try and solve it internally, and we do have all this data, and we deliver to these places all the time. Okay, well, if that's right, then why can't you find places? Why can't you? Yeah. You, know, you talk to some of the big supermarket chains out there that supposedly drop a pin for every driver that, that uh, drops off the next one. They're still wildly off. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's, people use Paragon. I mean, without naming names, but there are routing systems out mm -hmm. there that will do the best job they can based on whatever algorithms and technology they've been built and thought in. And these are probably 20 years old or in the making already. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine the approach those had um, can yield a lot of tolerance. And that tolerance in, in today's fast moving world yeah. um, actually is a problem yeah, it is a, and, yeah, it <laughs> because is, of this precision. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you sort of look at the background of the team that we've brought into to post tech, you know, we've, we've come from finance, tech, and gambling. Yeah. Um, you know, tech, finance, and gambling. Some people say they're the same thing, but hey, that's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and taking that mindset to logistics, which it's getting there, but it has never been at the forefront of technological advancement. If you actually look internally, what's going on. It's definitely changing, but when we started off, it was a lot of I feel like a lot of the logistics companies are being now faced with a huge digital transformation process purely because themselves have evolved over so many years analog companies. Yeah. Their mindset of the people was analog, uh, their leadership <laughs> without being unkind to them. They were born in a different era, yeah. so peering into the future needs some very daring One people. One of the things that we used to hear a lot was that's good enough. We used to hear, we used to hear, you know, and I, I will not mention names, but some of the data that we analyze from clients from before we go, you know, we start working with them. Yeah. You know, some of it was 100 meters plus out. 
And when you go back and speak to them, they go, well, that's close enough. We'll deliver it to the driver. Yeah. But you can't do that because if the driver's only dropping off 10, 20, 30 parcels, yeah. you can probably get around that in eight hours. But when you're doing 100 parcels or you're delivering food, etc., it, it doesn't really work. And that was a real education process from our side, which was how do you, A, bring the problem up to people that they understand and you don't upset them because an awful lot of people are very protected around the yes. data. Yes. We've got the data, we don't need it. Um, and then educate them so that they, they actually see there is a challenge and there is a definite benefit. And we came up with a phrase internally, which was the biggest challenge we faced was we were seen as a vitamin pill, not a painkiller. So we were seen as a nice to have, not a definite to have. And we're getting to the point now where it's definitely changing. You can see that that change of people saying, actually, hold on a second, these guys have got something. You know, uh, if I can't, uh, if I can make the drives I've got more efficient, then the cost saving for me as an organization is huge. And yeah. the benefit for the drivers is massive, so why wouldn't I do it? What do you think drives this? I mean, because I could see a few things here, either the inability to get drivers yeah. on on tap, yeah. if you want, um, the quality of those particular people that get come into the job, and this kind of segues us back mm -hmm. into the people, mm -hmm. um, the systems we discussed already, yeah, and some of their own inherent uh, problems they bring to the table. What do you think is actually the so making. What's, what's driving it? I think there's several things that are driving it, which is um, the actual demand of the customer. So it starts with the consumer and this, this these two vectors, yeah. convenience yeah. and speed, and the yeah. emergency of, well, e-commerce is on the growth, m-commerce yeah. is on the growth, social commerce is kind of happening and it will probably take over the e and m uh, yeah. <laughs> in front I mean, of the I mean, commerce. Yeah. You know, um, and we seem to be talking a lot about food, but you know, we deal with other organisations. But if you actually look at, at food, it is the meteoric rise of the platforms with home delivery. Yes. You know, you used to, you know, whereas in the past, people have a takeaway maybe twice a month, you know, maybe, maybe you know, if they're a certain age. Now it seems to be nearly every night. You know, it's, it's dramatic how much it's changed. Is this because of the scarcity of time? or I mean, I'm still amazed at buying a McDonald's. I still can't delivered. get my head around I that. I can't get my head around no. it, and I don't they know from a unit of economics how this actually works. I know what's involved in actually moving mm -hmm. something from A to B, yeah. and uh, I can only see that the amount of subsidized mm -hmm. cost is there just for the customer acquisition, yeah. if you want, or for the, for the land grabbing in terms of, of market. Yeah. There are many opaque areas which we didn't actually explain to. Yeah. It's, you're right, and so you know, why has this changed now? It's the change in people's habits. Yes. Um, are people time poor? I'm not it's really... It's because the new generations are becoming the consumers, so we have millennials coming into being, obviously people born with digital... Yeah. Or digital natives, born with digital, digital natives and then yeah. digital immigrants like yeah. me and you, yeah, potentially. And the evolution of this one to Gen Zs and later on the alphas, which are yeah. slowly, slowly coming into. It's people have been educated that I want it and I want it now and I don't want to wait. Yeah. You know, so therefore, deliver that to me in whatever shape, way, shape or form. Uh, uh, you know, part of it... Is, is Some freeloading <laughs> concepts as well, because people are born with, I want to download or I want to see this movie now, all this on tap, well, availability no, of everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to show my age now, but LimeWire, back in the day, used to use LimeWire to get... Yeah, you, Napster. Napster. Napster, yeah, exactly, yeah. But LimeWire was just like basically giving your PC AIDS, wasn't it? Yeah. The amount of viruses that are on that, but that's definitely... <laughs> but I mean, that was the whole birth of it. And, and um, I want it and I want it for free. Yeah. I think we're beginning to see a change. I think people are now prepared to pay for value, where they see the value. I think, uh, yeah, the tip of and the iceberg. Service. And, and also, yeah. they, they'll pay for service. If, if I get, quite interesting, I've got three, um, I've got four children, and, and three of them are in their 20s now. Yeah. And one of the things that they will pay for is they'll pay for experiences. 
Yes. So when they're looking to do something, rather than buy a gift, they'd rather you bought them an experience, something that they can't do or haven't done. Yeah, whether that yeah. might be going to a bar or a club or going for a trip or something. But we can both relate to driving a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> that would be one experience yeah, for me and you, 24-hour yeah, Le Mans. Yeah, I'd love to do that. <laughs> no, me um, too, yeah. Uh, so that whole experiential thing where you know they want, rather than things, they want experiences. And, and the ability to have stuff now, you know, you only walk down to the underground and you see Blow there with their, they'll come to, do you, to you to do your nails and hair. Yeah. Is that time for poor people or is that just they want... I think this now. is the um, the commerce, the brands, and the emergence of the new churches trying to actually rebuild bridges they may have burnt in the past, mm. but actually spread the love, create empathy towards their brand, and the more you get serviced and pampered, eventually they will put themselves in the front of mind. Mm. And when you need something or you want something, yeah. yeah, you innately press the button on that icon yeah. or you buy it from them rather than buying it, it from, great, from their there opponents. Was, there was some research I saw a little while back and I, I meant to bring it with me I forgot which was brand loyalty for the food delivery platforms and once you've got somebody they don't tend to go somewhere else yeah. and it was quite startling I, I thought people would be quite transient and you know, sort of quite nomadic in that moving from Deliveroo to Just Eat to Uber Eats etc but they're not they, when they pick a brand they stay with it. I think it's um, the, I've experienced it myself and it, it was this needs to re-enter yourself into somebody else's platform mm -hmm. and i think it's about spreading this seed data everywhere everybody wants your data you need data yeah. to operate and <laughs> excuse me everybody wants a lot of data these days for their own purposes and um, people will become more reluctant to actually give their data freely there is something in exchange yeah. but in a world where more and more stuff gets decentralized we have uh, bitcoins, we have uh, various think, tokens. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that, but, yeah. but you, there's an internet which will be decentralized. There will be an AWS which is not the AWS, nobody will control it. The, these things are coming. But, okay, so, there's uh, 3 billion investment yeah, they're, in, they're, in, the, in this blockchain and tokens and stuff. I mean, it's, it's by far bigger than autonomous cars. Uh, it's, it's the sector of, of now, sort of. We, we, we're not even talking about it, but this is what actually drives, acquires the talent and and the biggest pot of money is a black hole at the moment, sucking a lot. So, do you actually think that people realise how much of their data they give away? Um, if they found out, would they be shocked, or would they go, "Do you know what? The, I'll, the, I'll do that just because I want that." I think um, at the moment, uh, everyone suffers a, a little bit of a, a social numbness, if you want. The, the mobile phone made that pave the road, if you want, and the social kind of networks pave the road. You kind of give a lot of snippets already. An identity obviously will be one of the new currencies. There will be no more money. It's about who you are, what you do. China today yeah. has already a model in place where people can vote about you, know everything about you. And again, in the future talk, I think Daniel will, will explain yeah. about what really happens and how his well, view of the world. Yes, and that that will become the fabric of tomorrow. But in a world that is decentralized, potentially that is possible mm. purely because nobody controls it today. You have the big fours that kind of controls. They are the gatekeepers. They control the internet. AWS democratized it. Everybody can actually get a, a server and do stuff. But there is a cost associated to it, and no one actually looks at that cost. So here's something that's going completely off topic. But is it all a big? Is it all a big uh, conspiracy?
It's all big and serious because don't go outside. Outside is dangerous. So let's deliver your food to you. Let's give you everything you need. That, uh, so you don't actually have to leave your house, which means then you have complete control because people go on the streets, people can start rioting and they can start doing all sorts of weird and wonderful Potentially, stuff. Potentially, I mean, we have a lot of time. But, uh, <laughs> well, this, this, this is an awesome topic. I mean, what, what really... Who's driving it? Uh, controls the yeah. impulses, yeah, and, and it, the innate it, movement yeah. of every single person there. Yeah. So is it really the Queen and the Colonel sort of controlling everyone <laughs> in the background with this special fight? I mean, yeah, you, you, it's half joking when you talk about this stuff, but I know it, 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 you do sometimes it, take a step back and look at it and go, you know, where is society going? I mean, we really are, you know, where is society going? And and is this I want it now, and the the enablers that enable people to have it now. Where, where does it stop? Where is the end? I think this is why there is an insurgence of anthropology, social anthropology as well. Large companies, Google and many others, they have used anthropologists mm. um, that mainly operated in the realms of marketing, mm. but with the purposes of defining, coaching and influencing specific cohorts. Mm. And it becomes more and more important. Here's another one to throw out at you then. Here's, here's another one then, which is, is going on that same sort of line. Yeah. Right, and basically, it's, uh, you know, I'm not lunatic, I can assure you. You mentioned car zone. Look at car ownership. Yes. Car ownership is going to basically, outright ownership is going to dwindle. Yes. Um, and it will be a con- it'll be a consumer product. You will consume that vehicle when you want it. So what you will do is you will either, you won't own the vehicle, you'll lease it, and in clear yeah. that will be everything that you want to go along with it. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you go on to electric vehicles, which is, they're coming, EVs are coming. You know, EVs I'm, and EVs, yeah. yeah I'm, the- I'm a dyed-in-the-wool petrol head, so, but I mean, I still consider them. But then you get into the case of, at the present moment, if you've got five hundred pounds, right, it doesn't matter what your credit rating is. You can go and buy a car, and you have social mobility. You can get in that car, and you can fill it up with petrol, and you can drive anywhere you want to. Yes. Okay. What happens when you don't buy a car anymore? You lease it. What happens then when you get into the electricity side of it, with the EV thing, where all of a sudden you don't have good credit? So therefore, you can't have a vehicle. Therefore, your social mobility is thwarted. So therefore, what's happened is you're, you're restricting people's thing. So if you go back to the invention of the bicycle. And which is really going off. But go back and look at the yes. bicycle. When the bicycle came out, what happened was that the gene pool grew exponentially because people could move easily from one village yes. to the next village. It's the same with the with the commerce and everything else. Transportation yeah. Yeah. changed everything. So if you look at so if you look at that if you take that 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 point of of uh, electric vehicles and where it's going with people, you then say okay. So if you don't have good credit, you, know, you can't buy a vehicle. Or if your credit is poor, you can do things. But then what happens is are you actually allowed to go into certain areas because? Like the Chinese thing, your credit isn't good enough well, to actually come into this particular area. Today's analogy in UK would be your um, av- average speed yeah, camera. Average speed camera. Yeah. So but that's it, a, a. This is how yeah. order is kind yeah. of instilled in a in a in a rather otherwise chaotic yeah. world where everybody can do whatever they like. So I think we do move in that direction yeah. to some extent. Dangerous. Um, this Orwellian kind of. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I, 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 I'm future. not paranoid. They are up to get me. Um, but, but, you know, to, to bring it back to, to yeah, you know, today. where we are to today, it's um, you know, the technology that we have is really smart. You know, obviously, I'm going to say that. Yes. Um, well, it, 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 I'll believe you. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, if you go and speak to our customers. Until proven otherwise, you are the genius. Yeah, um, you know, if you go and speak to our customers, we are 99.2% accurate. Nobody's that, be 100%. That's, a, that's a big number. That that's a, a very number. big number. And it yeah. surprises me. And we've got a new version of software coming out uh, next early part of next year, which will improve on that. It's quite difficult to improve on that, but it, it is improving. So in, in this journey of, so post being born from a personal need, Keith, yeah. moving towards becoming a viable business with your board and uh, mm. obviously attacking, attacking new customers, a different mindset, 
a new system and approach, better results and acknowledgement from the market, the 99 cents plus. So what's, what's next? How agnostic are you in penetrating another market? Yeah, so Already operating into other geographies? Um, so, yeah, so good question. So um, we currently run across the whole of the UK. And then once we go outside the UK, we work city by city. Um, so we're currently this is a strategy strategy because it's very it's very expensive to do a whole country and you don't necessarily need to do a whole country you just need yeah. to do it. So at the moment we're in Paris, Madrid, Barcelona. We launched in Dubai. So we'll be live um, in Kuala Lumpur at the end of this year. Yes. Then Jakarta, then Bangkok. Uh, we were operating in New in um, Hong Kong, but we pulled out of there. Um, and we, are you going back now? We it's can. We pure, might do. It okay. was the, the guys right. we were working with basically went under. So we can go into any territory. Yes. we want to and we can provide meaningful data within three months of actually putting the system on firing up it drags in everything it needs yes. to and then starts throwing out accurate locations and, awesome. and we have a, a methodology which is um we do it in three passes so first pass is 80 percent of the locations within 100 meters second pass is 80 percent of locations within 50 meters and the third pass is 80 percent of locations within 30 meters and once we've got to that level once you get within 30 meters you're pretty much Good. Yeah. And the, the great thing is, is some of the locations we go to, you, you need to be the tallest pygmy. Why not agnosticity around the world? I'll mention our erstwhile colleagues at what three words. So I really, I really think what Chris and his team have done has been fantastic. Yes. You know, um, they've taken a very simplistic idea and they pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And it does, it does have its role. Yes, um, the, being the in the desert, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the challenge, you know, and are we going to be in the middle of the desert? No, no, no. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay, it's like, it's High not, dense it's, conurbations, yeah, it, We're a different market. Where's the door? Yeah. yeah. It, for them, it's more a case of it's a very altruistic. It's very sort of, um, you know, emergency okay. service type thing. For us, it's it's more commercial. You know, yeah. it is, if there's a commercial need to do it, we'll do it. And the way that we build our system is such that it is modular. We, we can pick it up, move it somewhere, feed it with information. And then once it, we start getting to where we need to go, it starts throwing out the other side. Yeah. Um, it, it works. I mean, if you look at um, why do we go to Southeast Asia? It's the fastest growing econ market in the world, and they've got the worst location system going. Yeah, yeah. Once you go outside of Singapore, it's awful. So well, if you have no, jungle, yeah, well, <laughs> well, well, it is a jungle. <laughs> if you go, if you look at um, you look at Kuala Lumpur, which is the, yeah. the, the first one to do. You know, we were talking with um, uh, DHL and uh, Ninja Van and, and one of the others out there. Yeah, and they were telling us that. Um, 79% of all addresses that they deliver to are more than 150 meters away, away from where they actually are. So if, so if you can get it within 100 meters, we've got a deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see the impact this can have on, huge. on one, their promises towards their, their retailers, mm -hmm. so the B2B2C kind yeah. of journey, and then what impact has on the consumer waiting yeah. on the other end. Well, you look at it, and if you look at where we're working in Dubai and the Emirates now, um, we've got two uh, customers, you know, one's in food, one's in um, uh, luxury goods. Then it's just a, a no-brainer. You know, it's just that whole ability to improve the customer journey all the way through, yes. is it? So, um, you know, you're asking where are we going? Yeah. So, it's kind of where, yeah, yeah. so where are we going? So, so It starts with precision. It starts with precision, but then but what we're building is we're building an ecosystem. Yes. So if you start looking into to what you need to have, it, it's all the things around that location or people doing it, what do they need to fulfill their job? What makes their job better? What makes it easier? What makes the whole journey that much better? Yeah. So to that end, what we've, we've done, and we already, we're already doing it, we layer on top of our product more information. So it, we do much more than just address verification location. Yes. What we do is we do we can identify whether it's a commercial or residential. If it's a single occupancy or multi-occupancy, if it's a block of flats, we can tell you which floor the flat is on. So for if you're delivering large goods, you can then start using that to work out your dwell time. Absolutely, yeah. We can tell you what the road surface is. So from that, you can determine, you know, is it suitable for a small lorry or a large lorry? 
we can tell you um, how far from the road uh, the entrance is, which also helps that whole dwell side. We can do, um, we've just started now, we can tell you where the EV charging points are. So rather than, um, and our EV charging uh, promise is slightly different to everybody else, it is, uh, sorry, our vision is slightly different, is you know, don't tell me where the charging points are that are on a campus that you need a pass to get through. Mm. Completely useless. Don't tell me where the charging points are that are under 20 kV because I need to I need, you know, I need to take now my, to go. Yeah. So we're doing that. We're now um, working, we're going to be launching a partnership uh, fairly soon with somebody that enables us to, to take their parking data in. So not only can we tell you where um, the, the locations you're going to, we can tell you what the parking restrictions are around it. If there's a loading bay, yeah. you know, if you can stay for 20 minutes. And then by working with a routing company, we can then say, okay, so if that's where the end location is, this is where you can park. If it's a 20 minute slot, here are three other locations which you can walk to, to go mm -hmm. and deliver it. Oh, and by the way, you can charge your van up for, five, uh, for 20 minutes, which will give you five extra miles. Mm -hmm. So it's that whole thing. And then, then we go outside of that, then we start looking at everything else. So we're working now with a payment organization that actually can streamline payments to the rides and the drivers. Yes. Um, we're working with um, uh, an insurance product that is by the trip, not by the hour, not by the day, it'll be by the trip. And that's all built around our whole ecosystem. There's not Zigo. No, they, no, the they do it by the hour or by, by the other minute, yeah, some time unit. Yeah, so we, we, we've taken a slight <coughs> approach and we spoke with Sven and his team yeah. about a year ago. Um, it's quite difficult doing insurance, it's, it's a lot harder you think it's going to be. Yes, I think um, because it will take upfront payment to start with, because if you don't pay for it, you're not insured. Yeah, it, it's, there's a whole, um, it, it was very, it's, you know, that's a whole different story. It's yeah. taken us a long time to get there, but we're close now to getting that sort of thing. But it ties in into the courier yeah. as a human being that yeah. needs. Yeah. To satisfy his job yeah. and to carry successful, uh, to carry it out successfully. Yeah. So the, the the other thing we're doing is that um, you know, we in essence have been a B two B an enterprise customer, yes. client. So we work up here, but we are launching um, a, a direct to driver product, which will enable yeah. them to have the, the this power. Is, this is kind of a D two C. Yeah. yeah. I see yeah. you in this market. Yeah. Well, we had that conversation. You, you touch the yeah. the actual person. Yeah. So um, uh, that's going to be coming. It's too out. many barriers in the other journey. It's hard. I mean, you know, yeah. when we're doing, we yeah. on the dot. It took yeah. maybe three years to try and get I to the know. point where you suddenly went, "Yes, we'll do it." Sure. Yeah. Too, too many people in yeah. the in the decision chain. Yeah. So we've got. Um, so that's coming out uh, early part of next year, which would be direct. Because one of the things we realise is that if you are a, a gig economy, if you're a guy in a bike or motorbike, yes. whatever it is, you don't just work for one platform. You work for multiple platforms. Absolutely, yeah. And if you can take what we're doing and use that, then that benefits you. Yeah, that benefits. So this this is going to be coming out. Um, so do you see a world where the so we've we've done a nearly a three sixty in terms of employment, although I I have an opinion on it. Mm. Um, I think the world moves into multiple jobs for a given sort of layer of society. Mm. Yeah, you won't have a job for life mm. anymore, and so on. So this gig economy, which years ago it was a desired space to be in by people because mm. you had some flexibility around your time, mm. you could charge more as a contractor, mm. so your life was better. Today is actually flipped to mm. some extent that everybody that is actually in that gig economy is always kind of running in a mouse wheel yeah, trying to make I mean, well, I mean, meet ends. Yeah, so will this travel back into not necessarily a full-time uh, employee, but probably not too dissimilar. We had examples, yeah. people start to go in arms, they say I want to have the same rights as yeah. everybody else. 
Um, well, isn't so that on. going to be driven by legislation with the whole IR35 thing and who actually is employed and where the tax dollar sits and everything else? I mean, it, it's the IR35 is just another way for the government to follow the money. If there is, and I've heard it actually first on on Jill Penchina, which yeah. is one of famous yeah. investor, that <laughs> he said, "I love regulators mm. and I always follow them because if there are regulators, that means we're doing something right. There is a lot of money, and then suddenly the government and everybody else needs something. They need to put yeah. some some." Lines on the road, guys. This is how you need to do it, and so oh, on. The yeah. point where we works office now. Right? Yeah. So look at what's happening with that. Yeah, it's yeah, becoming yeah. regulated it's, yeah. to some extent. All, yeah. all these offices, it's own office space. So they don't pay any rent because it's below a certain. <coughs> they don't pay any rates because it's below a certain square footage. So yeah, there's there's lots of, uh, of regulation. So yeah, where's it going to go? I, um, there are no jobs for life anymore. Um, it feels point. like it. It does feel like that very much so. Um, unless you're very lucky. Or, yeah. you know, or you you work in a particular area where it is. Um, is it going to be driven by regulation, or is it going to be driven by people's um, desires? I think it'd be a bit of both. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the up and coming generations. I mean, if you listen to Dan Pink and everybody else and the Doomsday, yes, we have a certain degree of automation. There will be a super intelligence at some point, and we will actually yeah, it's make not it. Skynet. It's not going to be next year, is it? We'll, we'll make it happen. Mm. It will happen at some point. But the, the point I'm probably trying to make is, what is the role of us in that kind of new world? It, it's got to be a world where we connect. I don't we think you or I have to worry about it, because I think it's going to be a long time before it comes along. Um, I, I will argue with that one, I think, is uh, is moving super quick. Okay, so look at right, your, your chat. Ask your chat next week about uh, AI and self-driving cars and how far away that really is. I will, yeah. Because, we'll actually have a, yeah, hopefully a really interesting chat on, on uh, the topic of AI in general. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, uh, yeah, it's a lot further away than people think it is. For sure, uh, when you consider um, regulation, I mean, if you look at the US, they, they didn't actually try to regulate that much. They've, they've let it happen in many ways. Yeah. They maybe put more emphasis on tokens and, and securities and trying to regulate that space because they see this one yeah. going faster. And maybe this indicates the speed of where AV is going to be versus um, some other things and where yeah, the money, so follow the go, money. Go and, re go, go and read, um, so Alex Roy, have you ever heard of Alex Roy? Yeah. So Alex Roy is probably famous for being the guy that held the record from uh, the Cannonball Run from Sea to Shining Sea, 32 yeah. hours and wherever it was. So he now works for a company called, I think called Ago or Igo, I can't remember how to pronounce it, yeah. which is all around autonomous and it's it all around is, that yeah. whole AI type thing. Yeah. Um, go and read some of the, the things that he's putting out and it's really quite, <laughs> it's really quite, quite eye-opening. Um, you know, going back to your point about the regulation and the tokens and the else, it, yeah. it's not quite as um, it's not quite straight as cut. straight cut as you think it's going to be. Okay. We were, so I mean, we were uh, two years ago. We were in Washington, um, and we were working. We we're out there for for a conference. We got talking to the chaps, and uh, is it iDelve or Udelve or something deli delivery? And the, they were talking about the first autonomous vehicles will be delivery vehicles. Not cars, there'll be delivery vehicles. There's the reason behind Potentially, that. Potentially. I mean, I could see this happen. Ford's already tried it, and some people well, have tried it. Uber has acquired yeah. one navigation, yeah. and they spend a lot of time into uh, how to create that kind of well, the entity, I'm, but then borns so many other really, questions. I can see Do you tax those things, um, yeah. same as humans, because they will carry some commercial relationship. Yeah. I can remember, I can see the guy's face, but I can't remember his name, Ariel or something like that. And he was saying that, why, why commercial vehicles before for, um, cars? He said, because if you, you can program a car, you can program a, a, a delivery vehicle, um, if there's a danger of human life, so somebody walks out in front of it and it's either 
saving the occupants or you know, saving oh, the pedestrians. Okay. So, yeah, well, you know, it's, if you've got people in the car, then that's a bit of a dichotomy. What do you do? But if you've only got sort of half is. a dozen eggs in the back, you sacrifice the eggs. <clears> so that was his view, and it, it was. Yes, I, this is one of the topics which will come up yeah. uh, next with Daniel. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah is, do you have a baby? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. many people? If it's three people yeah. on the zebra crossing yeah, and there's one in the car, who yeah. do you sacrifice? Who do you sacrifice? What, what decision that? Um, so it's yeah, anyway, we're really are going completely. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's an awful lot of it, and that, that whole AI piece and where it's going. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've given up trying to second guess what's going to happen um, you know, because it is a guess, and there's so many variables around what's going on and where it's going. But you know, going back to, to you know, is this is it going full circle? Let's you know, go back to humans. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would I would try and pin this on on humans because we gig economy is powered by humans. Yeah. Um, what make them? What makes them tick? What makes them go out there in the cold in the winter? And what makes the other side of the coin consume? All the time, sit at home and get your burger delivered. Well, the, the, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so is again the other the other side of the human, uh, the consumer. You sort of can get into a really sort of interesting conversation here about the whole social construct of you know, the haves and the have-nots, can't you? Which is, you know, is it that the, 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 okay. the, 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 the haves can order it, but it has to be delivered by the have-nots, and I, you know that's a generalisation. So I'm not yes. putting talking down to anybody um, anyway. But it, it's. It's difficult. Yeah, I, I, okay. It's a tricky one. Anything you would like to leave the listeners? I should really have had something prepared here, and I haven't it's because okay. I'm sort of any book you would like to recommend, or I mean, so there's I read. Be good. Yeah, be, no, good, be good to each life other. Life is great. Yeah, be, be good, good to, to each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah, that's Bill and Ted direct quote. Yeah, <laughs> be excellent to each other. Yeah, I read a lot. I do like I read a lot of lot of all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. Okay, so let's let's no... let's put it this way. What what's the most important one? What the stuff that stuck with you most oh, recently? I, I love absolutely love. Uh, and it sounds like terrible, but it's autographs and business books. So anyway, why is that interesting? It's not, but it's just you know having that being able to read and see other see and hear other people's opinions in a way that you might not think is quite good because you can put it back different to lenses, day. different viewpoints, yeah, yeah, yeah human not, experiences. Yeah, and some you know sometimes the classics are pretty dry. I'm reading uh, Reed Hoffman's book. Oh, okay, link, yes, yeah, the LinkedIn guy. LinkedIn guy. Yeah. Um, that's quite interesting. Um, it's it is hyperscale. It. Is it hyperscale? hyperscale yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the one. They've got two. And the messy middle is the other one, but I can't yeah. remember who wrote that one, which is another one. Really. But yeah, I mean, if you want to learn from some very, very uh, awesome founder yeah. that actually did not change, LinkedIn did not change at all, if you want, yeah. uh, compared to many other companies where yeah. investors come in and they say, okay, yeah, I like the person, yeah. maybe the technology changes, this changes. Yeah. Uh, but, but, and the idea may change. LinkedIn is, is one of the companies out there that Doesn't will change. prove you wrong. Yeah. It was really good from day one. Yeah. And it was an awesome return. I can remember being an early adopter and thinking, geez, what is this? I wish I was an investor. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Um, well, yeah, thank you, Edward. Um, I don't know if that was of interest well, or not, but we, well, I'm pretty sure somebody out there will find it interesting. I'm sure they'll tell me if they don't. Thank you for your <laughs> time. You and for sharing your wisdom with us. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. Thank Thank you, you everyone. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. I'm Edward Lazar from Anthropologistics. Thank you very much.